Hey baby, can we check some ID? If you're under 18, feel free to keep listening. But remember, baby pink gin should never be consumed by anybody under the legal drinking age. Remember to always drink wires. What are the real stories behind successful female-run businesses? Not the ones that started with huge social media accounts, high public profiles or tons of cash. The businesses that actually started from scratch. Sit down as we spill the G&T. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to Spill the G&T. We are so excited to have you back for season two, and we've got some amazing interviews lined up with some super inspiring ladies from this season. To start us off, I'll be chatting to my dear friend, M Rose, spray tanner turned viral product line producer turned business mentor. M is a fellow podcaster and Commons member, and I find that every time I bump into her at the office or see her around, she brings me so much energy and inspiration. So no wonder she's got women banging down her door to mentor and coach them in business. Sit back, relax as we spill the G&T. You're an amazing businesswoman with lots of different businesses in your repertoire and <laughs> you do all sorts of amazing things. And what I find so motivational and interesting about you is that you're clearly constantly finding new things that you love to do. Um, Some might call that ADHD, but you know. <laughs> we'll get into all of that. If yeah. you want to tell the listeners who you are now <laughs> and then we'll, we'll start from the start. Oh, who am I? Okay. Well, my name is M, Emily for when I'm in trouble. I am a business coach and mentor. That is kind of the majority of what I do now. Like you said, I've had a lot of things under my belt, especially in the last few years. But yeah, mostly now I'm just a business coach and mentor. I'm very into like talking business mindset and doing shadow work and really the all behind the scenes of actually being a business owner. It's something that I had to really discover myself and something that I realized that businesses actually can't thrive without working on that side of things. So that's what I'm really passionate about. So I coach business owners one-on-one. I do masterclasses. I have the podcast. And then I'm also involved in a product line, which we'll talk about as well. But yeah, that's really what I'm doing now. To me, from the outset, you really focus on coaching and mentoring mm-hmm. ladies in the beauty business Mm -hmm. space your approach at spray tanning but I know that you help a lot of businesses Mm. in various different beauty communities is that still what you're focusing on yeah I mean uh, beauty sorry has always been a huge focus it went from kind of just a spray tan focus to beauty business focus to now I've got a lot of clients who are who have like beauty e-commerce businesses so definitely beauty is where I kind of thrive most But I am in my last few kind of masterclasses just having people, like not necessarily beauty industry, whether they're business owners or not. You know, mindset work is for everyone. So, yeah, there's a whole range of people. We'll start off from you leaving school, Mm -hmm. what you wanted to do then, what you did do then. Yeah. So I guess that's where me chopping and changing things really started. (laughs) Out of school, I just took a year off. I lived in London, um, didn't want to go back into study. I hated studying. But when I came back, I was actually going into nursing and midwifery. 
I did that for about six months until placement came and (laughs) realized that was certainly not for me. Mm -hmm. Then I did teaching for about two weeks at university. I did marketing for about a month. So (laughs) during kind of when I was studying, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I actually started working full time and just couldn't go back to study after that. So um, was just doing kind of admin work, a bit of marketing stuff, worked in a PR company, was really just kind of figuring out what I wanted to do until spray tanning came along, which was when I was 22, I think. And it really just came by by surprise. It wasn't that I'd ever, I'd never, I'm the most low maintenance person of all time. Like have always been so low maintenance. I, don't, I think I had one spray tan in my life at this point. <laughs> Can't relate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think I had had one spray tan that was for my year 10 social and I hated it. It was the worst. Like mm. I came out so dark and it was, turned me off for a long time, but yeah, I just, I, I never really knew what I wanted to do, I guess. All I knew was that in saying that, I actually didn't even really know that I wanted to work for myself. I didn't re- even really know that I wanted to have a business. Kind of knew without saying, having that realisation, you know. What I did know was that I wasn't good at listening to people. I hated being told what to do. And I kind of just wanted to do fun things. <laughs> yeah, and I'm the exact same. I mean, do you think that... From a young age, you maybe even didn't consider the idea of working for yourself Mm. like as a young woman coming straight out of school. That's not necessarily an option that we even think about, even though looking back, it was so obvious that that's what we're made to do. A hundred percent. I never, I don't think I ever recall saying I want to own my own business, but I think that was always in me. I think I just had to discover it and that's what spray tanning did for me. Yeah, and I, I can't imagine you or, or myself yeah. doing anything else anymore. Like we would never work for someone else. So it's nice when you kind of can finally, I guess, yeah, consider it as an option mm-hmm. and have the confidence to really do it. Yeah. And, yeah, I hope that young girls kind of see that as an option even earlier Yeah. because, like, I a know. lot of people think that we're young mm-hmm. female business owners, but, yeah, we didn't start till we were, I mean, it's still young. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Younger. We were like, you know, 23 or 24 <laughs> yeah. when we probably could have started at 18 100%. we had the confidence or yeah. someone told us that that was an option. Yeah, especially in beauty as well. You know, you're told that beauty is kind of a cop-out for those who don't want to study hard mm-hmm. or, you know, don't want to actually get a real job, I say in quotation marks. Um, so, yeah, beauty was never an option to start your own business in beauty. That was always just kind of like, oh, you go into beauty if you don't get good grades, you know. Yeah, that's super interesting because yeah. I think that um, that notion has certainly changed and mm. there's so many massive beauty businesses now that, that girls look up to and certainly not a cop-out. Yeah. But I know the kind of the, the headspace that you're kind of talking about. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think that's changing. Yeah, um, 100%. And I'm so happy it has because, yeah, I, I remember, distinctly remember saying one of my friends in high school who definitely not friends with anyone, <laughs> not friends with anyone from high school, to be honest. Um, but I remember her saying to me, if I will not let any of my friends go get a job in beauty, because that's basically like you failed, essentially. That's what the message she was. She said, beauty and real estate, that's for cop outs. <gasps> so interesting. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and so rude. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I, there's definitely that that vibe in high school especially um yeah if you are in a school where everyone I mean for me like 
it was just obvious you're going to university. Mm. No question. Oh, 100%. Like, no question, like, what are you doing at uni? Yeah. And even to, like, cake a gap year was a bit like, mm. oh. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, go, different. go, go, go. Yeah. Um, I think in another life I could have definitely gone into a beauty career. Mm. I love that stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, it was always, I don't know, yeah, it wasn't even an option for yeah. me. Yeah. So. No, I 100% agree. So you discovered tanning. And then did you start working for yourself immediately, just doing spray tanning for clients and yeah. events and stuff? Yeah. So essentially, like, I'm a huge believer. You'll not, you'll hear in lots of parts of my story, like, the universe just kind of led me in the right direction. And I, like I said, was never really into beauty, never really, like, a high-maintenance person, never even really had a spray tan before. Um, and my partner at the time was moving to Brisbane for three months, and I wasn't, like... I was just in a job, you know, it wasn't like a career thing. So I was like, I want to come with you. I'll just do something fun on the side. My friend was actually spray tanning at the time out of her laundry at home. She was like, yeah, it's super easy. There was a spray tan machine on sale one Black Friday. I was like, oh, I'll just do that. I'll just grab that machine and I can just do that on the on the side for fun. Um, and yeah, that's where I fell in love with making my own money and setting my own hours and don't get me wrong, I loved spray tanning, but my the what I fell in love with was having a business, and yeah. and the, I loved kind of the creativity of having the social media and doing the marketing and making the business cards, and that was all really fun for me. Yeah, it is super fun. Yeah, you have a tanning line which has evolved and changed. Mm-hmm. I personally use it religiously; <laughs> like I don't use anything else. Yeah, um, <laughs> what is what is now a zootan? You yeah. Know, um, your concoctions you got the kind of business bug mm-hmm. bit you and you loved making your own money mm-hmm. how long was it until you thought I could you know expand this into products again another universe guiding me moment it was really just because COVID hit and I couldn't spray tan anymore right okay yeah <laughs> um so there were a few kind of moving parts to it I mean the the product line was always something that I wanted to do, but it wasn't a plan to do it the way that it ended up looking. Um, what I actually wanted to do was in the professional space. I wanted to do professional solutions. I wanted to do like aftercare and pre-care products. Yep. Um, and I wanted to essentially create a product line that was going to make the life of a spray tan technician easier. Um, so that was always kind of like a, something on the background and that's where I created the finishing powder because it's like, you know, that's a spray tan, something a spray tan technician can sell. Game changing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, the finishing powder, powder was always the first thing. And then COVID hit and people couldn't spray tan anymore. And um, yeah, so I kind of had, had to pivot and the the manufacturer that I was doing the kind of other products and in that development stage with for them I was kind of like okay well we need to kind of pivot a little bit I need at-home products and I launched them and they went crazy and I was like okay <laughs> we'll stick with this for a little while <laughs> and I'm so glad that you did yeah. <laughs> and I don't want you to stop um and do you think that that was because of like your clients that you had through spray tanning mm the podcast, just all of, all of your kind of fan base? A mixture of everything. Like I 
obviously had, yeah, the, the spray tan clients that I could sell it to. I was actually in a job um, at the time or just before I launched it where I had a lot of like business owners already following me. So as much as I look back at this job now and think, please don't remind me of those times, it actually opened me up to a huge audience who are now my client base. Mm. Um, so yeah, I already had these all these people kind of following me on Instagram and they were huge supporters and then you know, all my friends and family and everyone was in lockdown and people were buying in lockdown and people wanted to feel good about themselves in lockdown. So it was just kind of the right time and people discovered how good it was and they didn't go back. Yeah. And I just want to like go back just a tiny bit uh-huh. because what people always ask me, people are really fascinated about the actual production R&D process. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can easily say now like, oh yeah, I created this product, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's a big jump from going to just spray tanning people yeah. to actually knowing how to, you know, create and manufacture this product. Mm-hmm. Is it a matter of briefing in an existing manufacturer with all the things that you want it to have or mm. how, how did you know what to do with the <laughs> recipe and stuff? I guess the whole, the, the R&D process for me was experience. So I'm sure exactly like it was for you. It's it's what I didn't want in a product, what I did want, what made my life easier as a spray tan technician. That's where it all started. Um, and I started with private label products. I started with a manufacturer that did private label products, which is, which is what I, reckon, I recommend to a lot of my clients, mm-hmm. is starting with that and figuring out what about that base you do and don't like and altering it from there. Figuring out you know, what you like, what your clients like, what products go well with your brand, what don't, build your brand up and then invest in something that, you know, you already have a base for and you can work around with that. Yeah, that's super interesting. And, yeah, it's very different to, to gin than yeah. a silly process. It's very <laughs> yeah. different to creating a spray tan product. And I, I always am, am fascinated about that part of, like, because that's where I really got stuck. It's like, okay, I have this idea. I know what I want this product to be. Mm. But then, like, how do you physically create that? Yeah. It's different for so many industries. And it's really nice that you use a local manufacturer. Yes. And you're telling me that they even package it locally and everything like that? You, there's always the option to do that, yeah. So I started off, I'm a zero to 100 kind of girl. Um, I'm like, my labels were all the way from America and like my packaging was here and I just went zero to hundred. So there's always options for, I mean, there's obviously minimum order quantities for who you work with. Um, but yeah, there's always options. And the, the manufacturer that I worked with, which we all get to is mm. I actually developed a really close relationship with and they were really good to me. So. Yeah. Well, why don't we skip to that now? Yeah. So obviously your business mentoring business is Lujuria. Yes. Um, your tanning products were originally branded as Lujuria. Mm-hmm. And then well, you tell us about, what, six months ago? Yeah, about that. Yeah. So I, like I said, the products came from COVID essentially. And it was great in COVID because I could be at home all the time and I could pack orders and I could work on, you know, design stuff and all of that, you know, there was not much else to do. And at that point, people didn't really want to be learning how to spray tan because that was not a stable way to live. Mm. You know, we were all in lockdown. Beauty businesses were closed for like 250 days or something. Beauty, getting into a beauty, like starting a beauty business was not at the top of anyone's priority list. So I had time. I had time to do the products and I loved doing it at the time. 
However, when we came out of lockdown and things started opening back up again, my passion has always been in education. My passion has always been in um, like the, the professional products that started because I wanted to educate spray tan technicians mm-hmm. on the correct products to use and how to use them correctly. And I wanted to make that process easier. And I wanted to give them products to make their experience better, to build their business, to do all those things. It all came from a place of, of business, not of essentially the products, right? Yeah. So we came out of lockdown. The products were taking up a lot of my time and I started not to love it anymore. I started not to enjoy it anymore because it was actually taking away time from what I felt my purpose was mm-hmm. and that was to educate. Um, so I was ready to just kind of like give it all up. But the thing that was holding me was, you know, my beautiful customers who loved the products and I just – I would hate to to take that away from mm. anyone. So anyway, I'm at the manufacturer with the products, like getting the Lahuria products one day, and I got into a conversation. This is, you know, we'd built a relationship over kind of the year, year and a half. And I said to her, I was like, this is, this is great. Like orders are still coming in, but I'm just not loving it anymore. And I went through a really, really hard stage of business where, it became about making money instead of enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, product-based businesses, they're such a huge investment. They're such a, such a huge financial, energetic time, everything. Well, it's so different to your coaching or even yes. your original spray tanning businesses yes. where you're just selling your time. Yes, exactly. Product is so different. Everything was going back into the business. And I was at a point where I was like, what I really want to do with this product line will require me giving it everything. And I can't commit to that right now, A, financially, and B, energetically, because it's not what I love doing. So anyway, I was having that conversation with the manufacturer and she was kind of sussing me out, asking me what I was going to do. Anyway, I got in the car and 10 minutes later, she gives me a call and she is like, hey, I wasn't sure if I should say something while you were still here, but we actually are looking for someone to help us kind of put a product on the market. Um, we, you know, we've been working hard on these formulations and they're actually going to be like a skincare approach, which is what I wanted to do with the line. Um, and, you know, we had this conversation, our values were totally aligning and what we wanted for products was totally aligning. And she basically said, we'll handle all of the product development stuff. We'll handle all of the, you know, the, massive you know commitment that building products is and building a product line is and all of the research and development and all that what how would you feel about just being the face of it and doing the marketing and you know looking after the brand and running the brand Mm. essentially and so that was kind of me like okay the universe is telling me that I can keep doing this and I can just take all of the things that I love about running a product line Whilst then opening up all this other time to do coaching and mentoring, and I was like, "This is this is meant this is meant to be." Like, so this perfect, is, yeah. So that's what Azura is now. Um, you know, I get to spend time in the warehouse, and I get to do all the fun, watch them do the development stuff, and I get to pick the pretty colors for the packaging, and I get to like do all the marketing I'm very campaigns. <laughs> I get to fly to Bali and do the photo shoots and and it's all the really fun stuff of running a brand and I don't have to sit there and deal with suppliers and I don't have to sit there and deal with packaging and all the issues and and postage and everything like that. I just do the fun stuff and then I can do my coaching and mentoring too. 
Cool. Yeah. Yes, I'm very jealous. You've definitely picked out all the fun yeah. stuff, the, the finances and the business strategy and no. all of that. It's just like a nightmare. But, I mean, yeah, there you go. Like the universe is obviously very yeah. kind to you and 100%. basically knows that you're yeah comfortable with pivoting, which yeah. is, yeah, what I wanted this episode to be about. And yeah. I think that you're really good at, well, I guess you think about it all the time because you're coaching about it, but like you're really good in feeling into your intuition and mm-hmm. listening to the universe and really like to to me manifesting is just being really attuned to opportunities that are given to you and either like taking them or not like yeah. it's not magic yeah. it's just if you're kind of have something at the front of your mind mm-hmm. you'll see various 100%. paths yeah. that you wouldn't have seen before that's all it is it's it's opening yourself up to first of all getting clear on what you want is the first thing because you'll never be able to manifest in quotation marks what you want if you don't know what you want Mm. so figuring out what you want is the first step and then actually just being open to it and looking at looking for opportunities and and once you're open to understanding what you want and what you desire then you're like you said you're going to be open to seeing when those opportunities come about yeah and you know sometimes you think you know what you want yeah and the universe (laughs) gives it to you yeah but you maybe didn't realize like the part of it that you actually mm, wanted. So exactly. obviously you love being the face of this brand and growing it and giving those this customer that you didn't even necessarily <laughs> originally <laughs> want to sell to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you don't have to do anything else. So that's perfect. Yeah. So yeah. this is a perfect kind of segue into your true passion, which is mm-hmm. the business coaching and mentoring, which we touched on a little bit before. Yeah. I know that that is kind of at the moment taking up most of your time. Mm-hmm. So tell us about, I guess, where that first started. How did that grow into actually being able to charge for that and create a, a business yeah. out of that? So I actually, my very first mentoring client asked me for months to mentor her. And I just kept saying, no, I'm not ready. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Just the, that huge self-doubt yeah. um, imposter syndrome came in. Um, but I guess I've always kind of done it. I've always kind of had it in me. Like like I said, with the product line, it was all about education. When I was tanning, what I loved doing in my marketing was educating people on how to have a good tan, educating people on their skin. That's what I loved. And even when I had just kind of the product line going and the spray tans, my purpose in life has always been to leave people in a better place than when they found me. And that's with good products. That's with a good tan. That's with everything. And now it's in mentoring and education. So that I love spray tanning. Don't get me wrong. I love tanning. I love the beauty industry, but that's never been my passion. My passion has always been business and always been education and always been having someone who said, oh my God, I took your advice on this and look what happened. Like, fuck yeah. (laughs) So that's always been what excites me. And this first mentoring client, Penny, she, she'll, she'll listen to this. She listens to all my podcasts. (laughs) Um, (laughs) She was the first person to buy my first product. She was the first person to buy every product launch. And she was the first person to say to me, I want to pay you to be my mentor. Can we do like a weekly call? So I was like, yeah, okay, cool. No problem. So anyway, she convinced me to do it. And her goal was to leave her job and be in her business full-time within that six months. So by the end of that six months in our mentoring, her goal was to do it at the end. She did it in three. Mm. Yeah. So that was kind of the first instance where I was like, okay, 
I can help people. Like I have something to give people. And for a really long time, you know, I started the podcast a year and a half ago. And so that was kind of my way of educating, but with still having that, that imposter syndrome of, I don't need to charge for it. Yeah. 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 Um, and then I started to see results and then my second client came on and then people just started messaging me about it. And I was just kind of talking about it on my stories that I had mentoring clients and it was a really, really organic progression. Um, and then it was only kind of maybe like July, June, July, where I was like, I want to do this. Like, I want to do this for real. And ever since then, I've now got like, you know, 40 students in my masterclass platform. I've got, you know, I've just finished a two-month container with four clients. I've now got three clients on a container. Like, I'm just, it was just where I was meant to be. And I knew that straight away. And I guess like seeing that those those packages work. So what's the difference between your programs and the containers? And Yeah, I guess the I offer masterclasses as kind of like a, a taste of what I can give you, I mm-hmm. guess, and a, and a way for you to see that when you make that commitment to yourself by even just the energetic commitment of paying for a masterclass and showing up for a masterclass and showing up for your own education, fucking awesome things happen. So... That's why I do the masterclasses and I do them because they are so much fun. They are such a fun group container. Everyone is really excited and it's just such a nice energy to be in. And that's how I create my community by those group kind of masterclasses. Then the one-on-one containers is obviously like a a personalized approach. So I have clients who I'm on Voxer, which is like a messaging app, and we just kind of talk through, they tap into you know, my knowledge whenever they need and we have a call and we go through strategy and it's kind of just a more personalized approach. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of my one-on-one clients do come to me from the masterclasses because a lot of people who join the masterclasses don't really, they're not really at a level where they see the value in a one-on-one commitment. But once they understand and once they understand when you put that work into yourself, awesome things happen that's when people move on to the next level it's so cool and it's been it's been fun to see it grow like yeah even just on your stories and stuff and hearing about it on the podcast that's awesome yeah obviously something that you're passionate about and people can tell that you're passionate about Uh, and people can tell that you want to help them so I think yeah they're more than happy to pay you for that and that's so empowering for you it's like you kind of go on your own journey through taking them on their journey yeah that's like (laughs) that's so fun I mean most of the time I forget that I'm being paid like I forget (laughs) that and I think you and I have had this conversation before where it's like I forget that I actually get to make money off this because and that's when you know you're in the right place because it's like oh yeah like people are going to pay me for that like I'll record a masterclass and then I'll be like oh I just want to give it for free like I'm just so excited about it yeah you're just excited for people to have it and that's how you know like you're actually you've got something great as well that you're just so excited to gift people yes. all of these learnings and knowledge yeah exactly just taking them on that journey I want to switch to the podcast now I guess mm-hmm. that kind of like leads us there I didn't realize you only had it for a year and a half yeah it's but, about that it was um, like first well maybe it's longer than that actually maybe like two and a half actually I'm thinking it was <laughs> probably around the first lockdown Melbourne lockdown okay so about two and a half <laughs> Fucking yeah, <hell>. who knows? <laughs> so time just doesn't exist in COVID land no no could be one and a half, could be two and a half, who knows. So it's called Your Power yep. with Emirates. 
Yep. And um, <laughs> yeah, as, as we said, you record a lot from this studio mm-hmm. and you go through not just your business journey, but like your personal journey, your mental health journey. A lot of your episodes are solo episodes mm-hmm. and that's really raw and brave to put out there. And I'm sure that a lot of your mentoring clients kind of see that and they, you know, when you're vulnerable with someone, someone will be vulnerable yeah. with you. It makes them feel comfortable. But then again, you know, you, you put this podcast out to to anyone who can listen mm-hmm. to it. And I was wondering, did that start as kind of like a self-help thing for you? Like if it was at the start of COVID, you just want to vent and mm-hmm. then people like listening to, you know, your journey and yeah. your evolution? Yeah. Oh, 100%. It, even now, like I was actually thinking the other day, like I was like, oh, I haven't kind of picked up my journal in a while, but I recorded a podcast and I was yeah. like, that's me getting what I, it's the same concept, right? I'm getting what I need out. Um, and don't get me wrong, like especially when I, even to probably recently, I was kind of like watching what I was saying because I'm like, oh, my God, is like my ex going to hear me talk shit about him or like is this going to, is, you know, all those girls from high school going to jump in and like have something to say about me or. It's scary. Oh, my God, 100%. But at the same time, the messages that I get from people that I've helped make it like trump those thoughts a million times. Mm-hmm. Um so it it took a lot to kind of get that rhythm going and get to a place where I was this isn't just life in general, you know, get to a place where I was happy to be vulnerable without worrying about the, like what people would think or the opinions of others. Um and it's obviously those thoughts still come and invade your brain and then um, but what you can actually inspire within people and what you can actually show people is normal and it's okay makes it all worth it yeah and I, like I feel the exact same you think yeah what if that certain person from high school hears this or yep. yeah whoever it is who you know might judge you but I think you can I mean there's so many podcasts out there now there's so many businesses yep. and you know all you can do is is be raw and put yourself out there and it's mm-hmm. very obvious when someone is hiding parts of themselves and yeah. does want to come across as perfect. Yeah. And I think with um, influencers and even celebrities and all of that, we're kind of past that perfection stage. Yes. We're kind of over that hump now. Yeah. And you really just want to see, you know, people being raw mm-hmm. because, yeah, it doesn't make you feel as shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest the biggest thing that I remind myself probably daily is that if someone has something to say about you, that's a reflection of them. That's not on you at all. You know, if if those girls from high school are jumping on and watching, like this happened to me last week, there was a girl in high school who was going on and watching all of my stories. And I was like, you know what? That's a reflection of her. That's not me. I'm just doing my thing. I'm not worried about what they're doing. If they want to spend their energy wonder- worrying about what I'm doing, fucking go for it. Like, yeah. I'll just focus my energy on what I'm doing. <laughs> and at the end of the day, it's very impressive. So I don't know what they, what <laughs> negative things they could be saying. Probably... Oh, they'll find something. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> and so something I really want to ask people in season two because, yeah, I just find myself asking people this all the time. Yeah. Something I'm very raw about is how do you stay sane? <laughs> I just wrote an article for Forbes Australia oh, about this. Um, anyway, just like side note. Um, <laughs> about, yeah, I guess like business journey, especially as a female founder, mm-hmm. it's very lonely. And mm-hmm. I hear this from people all the time. 
um, how lonely they are in doing it, even though you, you know, you have ups and you have downs and you have no one to share that with and that can drive someone crazy. So, yeah. I, I mean, obviously your podcast keeps you sane a little yeah, bit as kind of a journal. does help, for sure, yeah. What else do you do to? Well, I feel like you have to be sane to stay sane, so there's my first point. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my first lesson. Um, You're going to be no. a little bit crazy yeah. to, like, start your own business. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, no, I my biggest thing is, and I tell all of my clients this, is that you need to book yourself in to your life just as you would a client just as you would an appointment, just as you would anything, you need to book yourself in. And that is, you know, putting in your calendar that you're going to go to the gym for an hour or putting in your calendar that you are going to take a day off and go and get a massage or putting it in that you're going to go and take yourself on a week. Like I love a little solo getaway, me and the dog in the country cabin. Mm. I love doing that. So I think you need to you need to prioritise yourself and prioritise your energy and that is always going to keep you grounded. Yeah, I love that. And I'm such a calendar person. I'm yeah. such a time-locking person. It's almost like putting in a calendar like makes it real and yeah. gives you permission to do it. A hundred percent. Otherwise, you just like think that you might do it and then yeah. the calendar fills up. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, I mean, especially for all of my clients, like, you know, I, I mentor a lot of beauty business owners and so their whole business is people booking in with them, right? It's a, it's a calendar business. And they're not taking the time to book themselves in mm. or book. they'll take a day off when it's slower or they'll do this when it's that or it's being proactive about yourself and your energy. And, I mean, a big thing about keeping sane as well is, like, identifying what is sucking your energy, what is draining your energy and doing something about it, cleaning it up. That takes time to actually force yourself to sit down mm. and rejig what you want and, yeah, what's taking your energy. Yeah. Do you take those weekends with the dog to do that? Yeah. I mean, it's so much easier said than done, right? It's so much easier to just be like, yep, I'm going to turn my phone off. And But I run an online business. It's mm. so much harder to do that than I say. But it's once you figure out the beauty of taking energetic space for yourself, you you can't go back. It's like this is why, like, I don't meditate. I do my meditation in a way that's like I'll go for a walk mm. and I won't have a podcast in and I won't have music in. I will just think. I will just allow myself time to think. And that's what I'm – what I say about energetic space is like so much comes in when you yeah. take that space and you just – clear everything <laughs> my mom has always done that and has told me forever to do that and it's the kind of thing where it's like mom shut up like I'm yeah. not she calls it doing nothing yes. but of course you're not actually doing nothing yes yes and she'll often like I'll often go into a room and she'll just be like it'll just look like she's just like staring out a window or something and I'm like <laughs> shouldn't you be working and yeah. I've always seen it as like why isn't she yeah. doing anything yeah so much of her creative ideas oh and everything come during that time. That's so. why people say, like, I always have my best thoughts in the shower. I always have my best thoughts when I'm driving because those are the times you're not sitting on your phone and yeah. you're not sitting at your laptop and you're not, you have nothing else to do but shower and think, right? Yeah. I have my best ideas in the shower. And the amount of videos I have, I was saying to my girls the other day, the amount of videos I have where I've quickly jumped out of the shower and started like a video because voice memo is too hard to get to. So I just start a video and just like speak an idea into a video. It's just like my wet head. <laughs> that's so good. But that's why you have those thoughts during those times because that's energetic space. Mm. But you just don't, people don't do that anymore because the minute someone 
has nothing to do, you pull out your phone or you watch Netflix. It's really hard. It's really hard to do nothing. Yeah. Like really hard. Yeah. And so I'd love to know, going back to that year 12 self, obviously you didn't necessarily get along with the girls in high school. You didn't Mm -hmm. know what you wanted to do. If you could speak to yourself back then without revealing too much to her, (laughs) what would you tell her? What advice would you tell her? Oh, so many things. Um, I guess from a business point of view or a career point of view. Yeah. I think two biggest things that I have is you're going to get further in business and in life by just being yourself. Like stop worrying about what anyone has to say about you. Stop worrying about whether it's the right or wrong thing to do. Stop worrying about whether people will like you or not. Just be you, be authentically you and make decisions that feel authentic to you and you're always going to fucking win, always. Yeah. And I'm still, I'm still learning that today. But it's the truth, you know. You're, you're, if you're authentically you and you do things that feel right to you, then that's when aligned things come back your way. Yeah, and it's easier said than done. You always have to pull yourself back into yep. reminding yourself of that because we're so attuned to being afraid of being judged. Yep. And th- those thoughts will never leave, yep. but, you know. Yeah, and I think the second thing kind of ties into that a little bit, but, um, you know, I – I kind of grew up with the money story that um, you have to work really hard to make money and it means sacrifice and even if you don't love what you're doing, as long as you're making heaps of money, it's fine. Mm. You've earned it. Yes, exactly. Um, And money going out of your bank account is bad. Money coming in is good. So, you know, I guess the the second biggest thing I'd say is like it's not that (laughs) and money is actually going to come the easiest when you do what the fuck you want to do like with being authentic do what you want to do do what makes you happy and the money is just going to be a a result of that Mm. it's not it shouldn't be the aim it's just a result love that very inspiring <laughs> words, guys. And so the very last question is that we always ask. I know you're you're big into manifesting, um, so you won't find this question difficult. But, <laughs> but I, I'm genuinely interested if we got you back in a year's time, what mm-hmm. would you love to have achieved? Well, I won't be here in a year's time because what I'll be doing is I will be in Europe running my business from wherever in the world I want to be. Amazing. And I'll be doing doing coaching and mentoring and I will be traveling the world while I'm doing it. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to do all your coaching and mentoring on Zoom yep. and just Everything. living it's life. It's exactly what I'm doing now, but just, you know, just got to build it up to a point now where I can just say goodbye and maybe just like, you know, come back a little every now and then to see the dog. But, mm-hmm. you know, just, yeah, that's always, always been what I want for business is that I want my business the income of my business to never change no matter where I am or what I'm doing. I just want to sit back and watch it flow in. And that's the goal is to, you know, whatever your, like not everyone's ideal life is the same, mm-hmm. but it's it's making your business work for you to build the life that you want. Yeah. And yeah, traveling around Europe mm-hmm. doesn't seem too bad. No. <laughs> I think I'd quite enjoy it. <laughs> That sounds amazing. Well, I can't wait to see all the Insta stories. Yep. I'm sure you'll get there yeah, much sooner than you think. Yes, yeah. Um, but, yeah, thank you so much for being on Spill the G&T. It's so inspiring all the time when I bump into you at the office or we message or we email, even when I, when I listen to your podcast. Your energy is just so inspiring. I can definitely see why people want you as a mentor. So thank thank you you so much. Thank you for having me. I was so honoured for you to ask me to come on. (laughs) 
anytime. <laughs> Whenever you're just popping back yeah. from, from Italy, um, you're welcome to join anytime. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This episode of Spill the GNT is brought to you by Baby Pink Gin, Australia's award-winning premium pink gin. We like to keep our baby girls hydrated, so use the code SPILL10 to get 10% off all orders at babypinkgin.com. Find new episodes of the podcast every second Wednesday at midday. Make sure to hit the follow button or subscribe wherever you're listening. And last but not least, stay up to date by following at Spill the GNT Podcast on Instagram or visit at babypinkgin on all social platforms. See you next time, baby. Baby Pink Gin does not condone the act of binge drinking or excessive alcohol consumption. Baby Pink Gin should never be consumed by anybody under the legal age of drinking. Remember to always drink wise and sip, don't scull. For more information on safe drinking practices, visit drinkwise.com.au.